You're listening to episode 17 of the Now What Podcast. You're listening to the Now What Podcast, a podcast for women healing from loss that will provide you with practical ways to overcome challenges you are facing as you navigate the aftermath of loss. If you're ready to get unstuck and move forward with confidence on your journey, then this is the podcast for you. It is possible to start loving the life you're living after loss, and here is your guide, host, certified life coach, and widowed mom, Erin Hinty. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the podcast, and a huge thank you for choosing to show up for yourself by being here today. If you're just tuning in for the first time, I'm your host of the podcast, Certified Life Coach, Erin Hinty. On today's episode, I'm bringing to you Executive Director of Brighter Days Family Grief Center, Carolyn Kenzel, and we are spotlighting this beautiful organization today that I've had the privilege of being a part of and connected to over the past five years. And I wanted to share this organization with each of you and why it's important, because I feel like grieving families, not only here in Minnesota, but across the United States, need to know where they can go for resources when they need them most. And so I'm really excited to welcome you on today's episode. Carolyn, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me, Erin. So good to be here. Yeah, I am so glad to have you. And I would love for you to share um, the birthing process of Brighter Days uh, Grief Center. How did it come to come about? And why is it so important for you to continue to provide this these services to grieving families? Mm, thank you for asking that. That's a it's just it's a beautiful story. It's a painful story, but it's beautiful. Um I, the the idea came to me many years ago. I would say it was in 2008, 2009, when one of my colleagues lost his wife and son in a helicopter crash. And I just, I really watched him, Aaron. And of course, you know who this is. He's now on our board, but um, his his life just changed so dramatically. They went from a family of four to two. And because he was a male, there was definitely that stigma of him showing his grief, him showing his vulnerability of what what to do now and how to support his his little three-year-old daughter. What would her life look like without her her brother and, and mom? And so I just kind of went into this mode of trying to find him help. And I just could not believe. I don't know that I was really looking for a grief center. But I was looking for grief support for him. And I just couldn't believe that there wasn't something for him and for his child and for his extended family in terms of how how they could help support him. And so I really started researching. And um, as I was researching, met a gentleman. I was a single mom at the time. And I met a gentleman who was a, a widower. And he shared his story with me of how he lost his wife. And uh, she left behind his 8 and 14-year-old children. And it was kind of that same story. He just had nowhere to turn. He was a male. And so he lost a ton of his social life because now the couples that they had, you know, been been socializing with for so many years were uncomfortable with his situation. And he was uncomfortable with it as well. Um, The kids' relationships changed. Their friendships changed. They didn't have the support they needed at school. And uh, so as we were talking and I shared my, my concerns and my ideas with him about potentially a grief center, he just thought it was 
really, really important and, and said, you know, I would have really done anything to, to do this for myself and for my kids. So we just started dreaming about it. And uh, it was just something that just would not leave my mind. I, did, I couldn't really figure out why I was the right person for it. But I felt like I just had to keep moving through and answering that call. And many meetings later with different types of focus groups and potential funders, I had that knock on my own door. And I had two detectives at my door telling me that my son's father had died by suicide. And my sweet little 13-year-old son was right outside the door listening to that. And what I found in that moment and then many weeks later was the same kind of panic and overwhelming, just trying to find support for him, for me, for his family. There was just, it was all coming at me. And what I really realized was, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm just a mom at this moment. I was a single mom, so I wasn't a widow in that moment. But if it's this hard for me as a mom, just trying to find support for my son, what's this like if, I'm a, if I've lost my spouse? Or what's it like if I've lost my child? And that was it. That was the catalyst to breathing life into brighter days, finally really understanding that there absolutely needed to be some type of support for these families in the state. And um, from there, we really just got the ball rolling and brought in potential board members, did more focus groups, funding and things like that to just make it happen. We just knew that we absolutely needed to do it. And so, yes, it was a personal story, many personal stories, but it's just been unbelievable since then. It's just beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I can't help but get emotional every time you share, like literally every time you share that story, I just want to reach through and hug you because I lost my husband, Andy, as you know, in 2015. And in 2017, I just started feeling this pull in a completely different direction. I didn't know where it was going to take me. But as I was getting ready to leave the corporate office and take a leave of absence, I was starting to talk to some colleagues there. And I started putting together a spreadsheet of resources. I kept continually started having people coming, being sent to me of where to go for support groups or, you know, just trying to figure out what's out there for my kids and then all these things. And I thought I need to start putting this all into a spreadsheet and let's just start with the organizations I know. And as I was doing my Google search, literally just when in my leave of absence, I was a month into it and I'd come back from mission trip. I'm Googling and I find Brighter Days Grief Center and I was okay. It really gave me a piece of peace of mind knowing that there was something out there, but I didn't know what it was. And so I remember us sitting down and having a conversation. You had literally just got it up and going, still navigating like how to bring in volunteers, what it was going to look like, how it was going to like continue to grow and evolve. But I knew I wanted to be a part of it in some way. And just being able to check that box and knowing, okay, there is somebody doing exactly what I envisioned for this community. And for me, it, it gave me a sense of peace and knowing, first of all, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's something going out there. And I just knew that I wanted to fully back you in that process. And so I continue to share. And I remember um, our fellow board member, Dawn, <laughs> When she was connecting with me on kind of financial services level, 
she had said, you know, I really want to support widowed women. Like, I really want to serve them. I want to get connected to support. Do you know of any organizations? And I was Brighter Days Grief Center. And so it's interesting how our, you know, things have evolved over the years. But I just want you to know, and I want all of our listeners to know that if you're looking for an organization that will help you figure out kind of what you need when you need it most, you do not have to look any further because you have it right here. And so for me, having joined the board in 2019, as you know, was like much more than just me taking a seat. It was me being able to continue to show my support and be able to help kind of fuel the, the vision that you have for this organization. And so Share with us what the what happens when somebody calls the center and how you support these families out there. Mm, really great question. Thank you for asking that too, because it's, you know, I think a lot of people when they hear we're a grief center, they think we just do counseling. And uh, that that makes sense, but we are so much more than that. And it really is why we're a family grief center, because we understand that there is so much that happens uh, when someone loses a loved one or learns that they are going to lose a loved one. And so if someone calls us, we really want to find out what the situation is, who their person is and what's going on within the family. Who else is involved? Is it, you know, is there kids? Is there extended family members? And then um, oftentimes they don't even know what they need, but by asking questions, we can figure that out. Um, so part of that is logistics. What, what's going on right now today that's prompting this call? Are you worried about finances? Do you know what to do about credit cards? Are you worried about paying your mortgage? Are you worried about getting meals on the table? Those are the things that usually are prompting the calls because they've had some type of, aside from their loss, there's just this panic, the overwhelming piece that I discussed. There's that thing that's sitting out there that just is so concerning that they need to make this call. So we want to find out about how we can quell some of that concern and let them know that we're going to be right there with them and that we will help them get food on the table and we will help them find a probate attorney. And we will help them make sure to understand if they need to pay their mortgage or find health insurance. All of those things that kind of keep them up at night, that keep them from their grief, that's what we start with. Then we want to make sure that they understand that, yes, we are also here for the emotional support. What can we do for you and for your children, as well as your extended family? Mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, cousins, all of those people that will be supporting that immediate family, they need to know how to support that immediate family, but they're also grieving. They're grieving their person too. And so just because it's not the immediate family, it's just not mom, dad, and kids, it could be grandma and grandpa are really, really struggling with how to support the rest of the family while also grieving themselves. And so we want to make sure we know who is all involved and how we can help support them so that the family can somehow find a way back together in a healthy manner. And it's, you can't do that if, it's, if you're just treating, if you're just supporting the kids or you're just supporting mom. You need to make sure that everybody's getting that support. And so we'll work on finding that counseling for them, whether that's at our center or through one of our partners. If they need trauma support, which often that is the case, we want to make sure they have access to that as well. 
And then the final piece of it is the psychosocial piece. And that sometimes can come down the road, but it's more of how do we connect you to just as you're doing, Erin, right? How do you how do you connect to other widows? How do you connect to other parents who've lost a child? The people who understand you best, how do we connect you to them? And how do we make sure that you stay connected to them? So that could be through our groups and our workshops or some events. But it's really important for us as a grief center to make sure that we're not just here just for the grief. We are here for the long haul. And we want to make sure that families have access to not only the emotional piece, but making sure that they have access to the other people that can support them along their journey. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I know this is available right now to families across Minnesota. Um, And then there's those that are in other states that may look up information and wonder, like, how can Brighter Days help me if I'm I'm not in Minnesota. So can you share a little bit about national connections you have here at the center and how they can benefit from those? Mm-hmm. Sure. So we have, um, we do have, I would say somewhere between 70 and 80 partnerships right now. Most of them are local, but we do have many national partnerships. And so if someone calls from another state, we want to make sure that they know about these national organizations because many of them have chapters within the states. And so we can make sure they have access. So in other words, if you've lost a child, there's the Compassionate Friends or Bereaved Parents USA. Both of those have chapters within the states and both of those do events and support groups and things like that. So we can make sure to help them find their chapter And that would be the same for someone who has uh, lost themselves. That would be, for instance, Soaring Spirits or Modern Widows Club. Both of those are national organizations that we connect them to. So we really try to look at what, again, what's their situation? How can we find them support in their area? And then also potentially through some of our virtual support groups, we will open those up to other states if there's a need. And so they can find support through that as well. But we, we never turn anyone away who calls us. We want to make sure that they know that there's not only support for them out there, but that also that they know what to, to look for and support. Sometimes you don't know that you, you might need a probate attorney. You wouldn't even think of that. Or that you need to update your will, for instance, if you've lost a spouse. You, a lot of people think, oh, it's fine. You know, I was, I was the, my name was on it. And so it's fine. But if something happens to you, what happens then to your children? So you want to make sure that you have all those things in place. And sometimes those can be tough conversations, yet we really feel it's our responsibility to make sure that people aren't walking blindly in this because we were as a family, you were as a family, and we know what that's like. And so our our goal um, throughout all of this is to just make sure that people know where to go, where to turn for help. And if that's not in, in our state, we'll find it in their state for them. It gives me such great amount of peace. I don't even know how to describe it, knowing that families have this available to them. Search no further. (laughs) You've got support. And I think for me, you know, in the beginning, I just want to make sure my kids were okay. Are my kids okay? I almost needed to know that they were checking in with somebody because then I would be able to check in on, on myself. And then almost put my own needs secondary. But what I love is 
when you're there to support, you're not just there to connect them to resources. I feel for so many, you're there to remind them of kind of what their priorities are and what they want to, what they need to focus on in order to sustain themselves even through all of this process. So how do you support people and, and especially widowed parents or widowed moms out there who may not have been putting themselves first? What do you, what do you encourage them to do? Well, I think that's where that, that psychosocial piece is, is making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who do understand and who have been through it so that you have those people that you can be fully authentic with, fully vulnerable with, that you can feel like you're not constantly guarded because that is what we hear so often. And, and what we've all experienced is there's that piece of just trying to continue with your life and being in situations where you run into that one person that asks that bad forbidden question, you know, how are you? And you just freeze and think, how do I even answer this? Um, and so it's really important to have those outlets of people that can surround you and your family so that you have um, kind of some safety in those situations and you can learn how to navigate them so that you feel comfortable going out in public again. I've had parents tell me so many times they've actually moved to a different church or to a different grocery store just so they don't have to run into people and answer questions. And that's pretty heart-wrenching. Uh, and that's, again, as a grief center where we need to do a better job in general, uh, educating society on how to work, you know, how to communicate, how to support someone who's grieving. I think that's the biggest thing is we want to make sure to just make sure that people are surrounded and supported and they know how to find that support. And then secondly, within the center, we are very community-based and as you know, and so we really listen to what the community's needs are and what our partners' needs are. And we develop programs to make sure that we are um, responding to that. And so some of the programs are our groups and our workshops, which are about wellness. And so that could be a journaling workshop. It could be a craft workshop for the kiddos. It could be um, a teen group, or it could be grief yoga in the parking lot. It could be things like that. It, or it could be collaborating with our partners and saying, what, what do you need from us? How can we help support you? So it could be a, a workshop for parents who have a medically complex child who want that type of support and want to connect with other parents and want some of that anticipatory support if, in fact, they need that. So we'll look at how to develop programs like that. And then just in general, with our youth and young adult programs, those are constantly evolving. We are always looking at ways we can bring different types of support to um, children and teens and young adults. And more importantly, ways that we can connect with them that aren't so overwhelming or intrusive for their ages. Sometimes they don't want to talk about it. They just don't. Or they want to just go out and be a kid and play. But we know they need support. So how can we do that? And that's maybe through Camp Aaron. That is a national program that we uh, were approved for. And so we offer two camps a year. Our, our, we've got one coming up actually in two weeks. But that's a wonderful way for kids to not only feel supported in their grief and have an outlet, but also see that there's time to have fun. So you can experience joy and, and sorrow within that same day, within that same moment. And that's okay. And you can be with people who really get it. 
So we work towards finding programs like that or our youth and family series, for instance, where it's really about making sure that they not only have a safe space, but a welcoming space and a fun place to go. It it can't constantly be sad because they're probably already feeling that just in general. That's, That's how it is when you're grieving. There's sadness with that. But we can make it where that sadness feels normal and it doesn't feel so overwhelming and that it feels like um, it's inclusive. That's important. So for those listening today, I would love for you to share. What is it you want to add, add or ask before we leave here of the listeners that may be tuning in today? Mm, I... I think I would really love to find out, you know, what, if there's a, what more we can offer, what, what everybody's family situation is so unique. And I know, for instance, my son at 13, I don't know that I could have got him to a camp. I really don't at least a weekend one. But one of the reasons we do a day camp is because for those kids like my son, maybe he would have done a day camp. So how can we help? Um, get your kids, get your family, get your husband, get your, your parents involved in not only supporting you, but in just honoring your person. We are always open to ideas. So again, that's why we just did our 5k walk. It's a really beautiful way for people to come together and honor their person without it feeling too heavy. But we also do something really special to just make sure that in the end, they know that we're, we're honoring their person. So we do acknowledge it, but we want it to be a family event. And so I think we're always looking to hear from people, you know, what, what would maybe work for you and for your family? What ideas do you have? But also maybe helping us understand how we can be more accessible we try to give everyone the opportunity to contact us in the way that it works best for them. So it could be phone, it could be email, it could be just Zoom meetings or coming into the center. But it's hard to contact us. And we know that in no matter what, it's a really tough call. And so what can we do to get our information out to more people to make sure that they know that there's so many different ways support them without it being so intrusive and how do we do that so that the rest of the state knows about us because we can put up a billboard all day long but we want to make sure that people know that there are people here that understand that we have all gone through it most of our board as you know Aaron has has lost a family member and we understand it and so we want to make sure that our hearts are shining through in everything we do and most of the time the only way people know that is when they connect with us and that's our hope thank you so much for being here today sharing your beautiful organization and encouraging people just to reach out get connected and supported through some of the most difficult times i really appreciate you sharing your story as well. Well, thank you for having me. You know how much I I love you. And we've been so honored to have you on our board and certainly to follow you on your own journey. But it's what makes this relationship so special because you are the person who, who understands and who can share our information and share how important it is to have community surround 
And so I just appreciate that you are out here doing this every single day, taking your own pain, putting it to the side to reach out to someone else. It's what makes you and everything you do so beautiful, but it's also what we know is so healing. And that's, it's being able to reach out and reach past our own pain and help someone else. So I just, I think for everything that you do, I just, I think for all of you. So thank you for letting us share this and thank you for staying with Brighter Days and, and being our champion. Well, I appreciate you. I mean, you go above and beyond every single day. So thank you. And, you know, it's my, my goal is to help women. I coach them every single day and to help them build their confidence. I think a lot of things get shaken when we lose a loved one and we start to second guess things and question all the things we may have did or what to do, or am I doing the right thing and all of that. And if I can help get them connected to resources that will continue to build and reinforce that, you know, that they they have what they need right at their fingertips and they can feel confident in that and trust in what, you know, what you do every single day and provide for them. I think that's a beautiful thing. So I just appreciate um, all the resources and connections and community and support that you've built over the past five years. It's amazing. Mm, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. I do. I Just one thing that you said that just kind of hit me and I think it's really important to share is uh, that parenting piece. I think uh, I know I experienced this myself as did my husband. I know we've talked about it. I've talked to so many parents about it, but there is something about watching your child grieve. And no matter how you were as a parent prior to that loss, there is a change. There is a shift in how you parent. And it took me a long time to really understand that it was the feeling of, oh my gosh, if I make him go to counseling, if I make him go to camp, if I make him go to school, Will I be causing more damage? You know, you, you feel like every decision is so much larger as a parent. And it's, it took me a long time to really figure that out because I really started second guessing everything. And I remember my son for a couple days, um, this is maybe a couple months after his dad died, but he would get these stomach aches and not want to go to school. And prior to his father dying, I would have said, you know, you're, you're fine go to school and let's see how the day goes. And then if you need to come home, that's then we'll, we'll get you home. But I would have made him go to school if he didn't have a temperature, for instance. And I found myself saying, okay, it's fine. You can stay home. And I didn't know if he needed me. I didn't know if it was grief. I didn't know if it was fear. I didn't know if it was puberty. I didn't know what it was, but I felt like I needed to listen to that. And I'm glad I did. But I also realized moving forward that I needed to remember to trust my own judgment. I was still my son's best advocate. Still, no matter what happened, I still was. And I think when we lose a spouse, when we lose a child, we tend to start to parent differently because we're so worried about what that other child, that surviving child or that our children are taking on. And the reality is, is you still need to parent the same way. It's just that you have to listen to some of what's going on with both you and that child. But just giving yourself some of that grace to know that when you're starting to judge yourself, to be good to yourself 
and to remember that you still are their best advocate. And I just think it's important to put out there because I know we all go through it and we start wondering, even discipline wise, you know, should I, should I take their phone away if they've done something? Oh, well, they're grieving. Maybe that's just the easiest thing, those types of things. So we really do help families with that through our grief counselors or through our, our other professionals that we work with to make sure that parents have that kind of support too, because it's not necessarily that emotional piece, but it is that logistical piece too of how do you parent a grieving child? It looks different. How do you discipline a grieving child? And so I just, I appreciate you bringing that up because it's, it's something that we get asked about often and we see it happen. And I think I just want people to know that again, trust, trust your judgment. You're still just because your child is grieving, just because you're, you are grieving doesn't mean you're still not just as amazing as you were before. Just looks different. I needed to hear that today. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. As a solo parent, I will say it's probably one of the most difficult jobs I've ever had in my entire life. Yes. And I have learned to trust my judgment, but now I have new teenagers growing into their own people Mm -hmm. questioning all my decisions again. So you really have I always say is like stand firm, be strong and go to brighter days and they will support you in whatever way you need. And if you are someone who is ready to like uncover what it is that is next for you and to reinforce those things that you already know, maybe you've forgotten and you just need to rebuild kind of like that foundation as you step forward and whatever's next. Um, I encourage you to stick around and listen to the end of this episode today and some opportunities that will be available to you coming up in the coming weeks. So with that, thanks again, Carolyn, for showing up and being here today. And I will include a link in the show notes below after today's episode that you can click on to learn more about Brighter Days Family Grief Center and the work that we do there. I say we, I feel like it's one big family and I'm just here watching all these amazing things happen. So thank you so much. It was such an honor to be on this journey with you today. So thank you for investing your time to be here with me. And until next time, I'm wishing you all the best. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to design a life you truly love after loss, I invite you to join my Becoming You coaching program. It's a program for women healing from loss where I can personally help you get unstuck and moving forward with confidence. If you're asking yourself, what do I do now? Don't wait another minute to get started and go to www.erinhinty.com linked in the show notes below and schedule your free 30-minute breakthrough session today. I look forward to uncovering what's next for you on your journey.